This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. First up this hour, should the responsibility of compensating scam victims fall on banks and telcos? So this is a question that we're talking about because back in, back in October, the Monetary Authority of Singapore and Infocom Media Development Authority published a joint paper that proposed a framework for phishing scams. And according to their Deputy Managing Director, Ho Hen this framework essentially assigns um, the responsibility to mitigate these scams um, onto financial institutions and telco companies and talks about um, basically them needing to take more responsibility when it comes to um, not just the safeguards in place, um, but also what exactly their care of duty is when people basically fall prey to these scams. And uh, what the paper proposes, which is perhaps of most interest to the average consumer, is that if they are found to have breached their duties, um, the paper recommends that banks and telcos should be responsible to compensate affected scam victims. Yeah, so the question is how much of a shift uh, uh, this represents from the current situation. Uh, to what extent have financial institutions put the burden, uh, the larger part of the burden, on the victims of these scams, saying, well, you know, they didn't do their due diligence or they uh, were, you know, duped because of their gullibility or whatever it is, uh, to fall for the promises that were made through these scams. And so the, I, I do wonder, though, you know, uh, if financial institutions in particular would would be willing to accept this shift in responsibility and therefore take on much more of the burden. I mean, I feel there's going to be a lot of resistance, right? Uh, but the paper does not seem to, at least at this stage, from what I can understand, put it wholly on them. Instead, what it's doing is incentivizing um vigilance, right? And and saying, well, there is some stuff that you need to be doing, uh, strengthening your systems, making sure that your gateways are safe and all of those things. And that's why I think that that part about should you have breached your duties, then you are responsible to compensate is important because there are probably limitations as to how much institutions or telcos can do as well. Um, but we will be exploring this further in a little bit with CF Fong, who is um, CEO and cybersecurity consultant from LGMS. But we want to hear from you as well. Should banks and telcos be held responsible to compensate scam victims? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Beyond Frivolous Mishmash, BFM 89.9. It is 5.11. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. We're talking about a proposal coming out of Singapore uh, that suggests that banks and telcos should be held responsible when it comes to compensating scam victims. So we want to hear from you. What do you uh, think? Is that something we should put in place? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. Now, joining us on the line is CF Fong, CEO and cybersecurity consultant from LGMS. CF, always good to have you with us. So let's get into this proposal, right? Um, would this approach be effective to minimize scams or at least increase accountability surrounding this? I think, first of all, the word 
um, compensating is quite heavy. But then again, the initiative itself is quite noble. Uh, first of all, I think a lot of scam victims today who endure the scam process will always um, at, are at the losing side because, um, you see, we are looking at scams from two perspectives. One is from a telco perspective and then from the financial institutions, banks perspective, right? A lot of the scams that we have observed today, mainly um, a lot of these scammers, they're victimizing the victims by going through certain process like phishing, um, doing social engineering, giving them a, a fake stories to call them. But then again, um, whether or not the fault fall under the telco or bank, this is a big question. Because a lot of the time what we have observed is that um, victims themselves are the one who click on certain link, who follow certain instructions that by given by the scammers, who execute the actions that what the scammers told them. So when it comes to accountability, and this is a challenging part, how can we prove that the telco or the banks are responsible? And this is the challenging part where to prove accountability. But then again, what we have observed in Singapore, the framework itself is good because there are certain responsibility certain areas the banks telcos still need to take responsible of like for instance uh, establishing uh, the detection mechanism in a more effective way uh, to detect whether a caller is potentially a scammer potentially a spam callers this can be done at the telco side and from a bank side the bank could have do a more diligent search to see certain activities on certain accounts? Does it look like a, a mill accounts? Uh, and these are some responsibility can be done by both sides. But then again, to in order to establish whose fault when it comes to scam, I think this is the biggest uh, challenge everyone is facing. So before we expand on that, who are the groups that are most vulnerable? Okay, this is an interesting question. I would say everyone today, when you have a phone, and uh, as long as you have a phone, have a WhatsApp account, so you have a social media account, you are vulnerable. And uh, recently, I have also gone through some statistics uh, by the Singapore police and the Malaysian uh, uh, law enforcement. Surprisingly, we would thought that those people who fall prey are those who have uh, who have lesser advantage when it comes to uh, social status. But in fact, it was not true, and uh, we have. Learn also, we have learned that a lot of people who fall prey are the educated ones, are highly educated, they are intellect, uh, they are intelligent, uh, some are quite se seasonal uh, businessmen. Um, so despite the belief that, you know, scam victims are usually the, the less informed, but in reality, everyone can be, become the, the scam victims. Uh, it's, it is a sad thing to say that, um, we are, we are just human, you know, uh, the scammers are manipulating a human's emotion, uh, regardless of what kind of background and what kind of cultures we're coming from. Uh, anyone can potentially become a victim today. Could you walk us through the various parties that are involved in upholding the safety of e-payments as well as their specific roles? I think when it comes to e-payment, uh, other than the e-payment providers, uh, today, like for instance, we have banks who are doing e-payments, we have payment gateways, we have e-wallet operators. Another very important component of the e-payment ecosystems are the user themselves. Um, the user themselves, we are in, in responsible in a way, we're responsible for protecting our own identity. Uh, based on this, uh, there's a lot of uh, scams that happens uh, by leveraging you know, e-payments, e a lot of the time they're actually playing on the emotion and the vulnerability of the uh, 
the, the account holders or the maybe e-wallet holder themselves. And uh, users like you and me are the ones that should be responsible for our own safety. Uh, despite the fact that, you know, the e-payment operators, of course, they have put in the detection mechanism, they put in the safety, but ultimately, all of us are still responsible. Like, for instance, if someone sends a, send us an account number and asks us to bank in, uh, despite that, how attractive are the products, we should always verify first, right? Especially when we see some interesting advertisements coming from social media and we believe such advertisement and then we just straight away, you know, do the banking transaction and uh, and and when we got when we found out that we were cheated and there isn't um, there, there's nobody else's fault other than ourselves. So I think ultimate responsibility holder is still us, we as a user. Uh, but uh, again, um, when it comes to scams, um, naturally, you know, when we are we are part of the scam as part of the scam victims. We always forget that uh, we should be the one who should ex examine ourselves first. Whether have we done anything wrong, have we missed out anything, or have we been careless? Um, then I think this is a message everyone should seriously consider. Um, but on the other hand, uh, e-payment operators they themselves also uh, should be accountable for their platforms, uh, their facilities. For example, e-wallet operators, they need to make sure that the login process, the notification process are intact. Uh, there's no easy way to take over an account uh, by scammers. Uh, and also the telco, they have to also make sure that uh, the phone numbers that's being used are in uh, indeed genuine. Um, if any numbers are being used to conduct scam callings, the telco should stop the numbers and then uh, this how you know this uh, payment system and telco operators can help to protect the, the general public so what typically is taken into consideration in deciding which party uh, bears responsibility for losses you see this is the biggest challenge uh, deciding whose fault is that when it comes to uh, losses right uh, because whenever there's any losses incurred uh, we have a victim and then we have a facilities providers like banks payment gateways and e-commerce or uh, e-wallet operators so it's very hard to determine whose fault is that um, case by case basis i would say everyone's uh, everyone is accountable uh, the banks uh, the uh, telco and the user themselves um, is, is accountable now we have been seeing a lot of uh, Banking, uh, banking scams uh, in the last few years where the scammers will be using APK files to trick victims to install and then steal banking credentials from a victim. Now, these kind of APK scams, uh, it is very hard to defense, defend against it because this is beyond the bank's control uh, to stop the user from downloading an APK file. It is, there's no nothing the bank can do, right? There's nothing the telco can do to stop a user from downloading the APK file from the scammer's website. Uh, but then again, we also see that the financial institutions, the banks, are using a different way to counter this kind of APK scam by not using SMS as a, a one-time password. And this is a good initiative. And this one, in working in conjunction with telco, it form a good defense and good uh, form a good countermeasure against. The APK scam. That's why we are seeing the the number of APK scam cases is dropping versus uh, like two or three years ago. Uh, and this is the evidence that uh, by working together, 
we can form a good countermeasures. Uh, but then back to the root cause, if whose fault is that is really hard to determine. It has to look at the case by case basis. But I would say ultimately, we as a user, we need to realize that uh, today, uh, we also play a very important part to, to ensure the safety of our own account. We don't simply, like for instance, we don't simply install any software from any strangers. Uh, we do not simply click on any, any links that are given by any strangers. And we don't even borrow accounts to a third parties. And uh, these, these are some of the simple principles that everyone should apply. So Singapore's Infocom Media Development Authority Deputy Chief Executive Eileen Chia has said that um, they are working closely, they worked closely with telcos to implement a multi-layered approach to prevent scams from happening through calls or through SMSs. How does this work? Is this the approach that Malaysia has been taking as well? Um, I think Malaysia, in terms of uh, fraud prevention, we are not... Uh, applying a uh, very effective way to stop it. I give you a, a few examples. Like for instance, um, this is also beyond the telco's uh, capability. The telco cannot stop VOIP scam call, voice over IP scam calls. Many scammers today, they're using voice over IP to call the victims, right? So it's beyond the telco's capability to stop VOIP scam calls because uh, VOIP calls can be legitimate and it can be scam, of course. So, uh, there isn't anything the telco can do when it comes to VRP scam calls. But however, there's something the telco can do uh, in stopping or even in uh, preventing uh, scammers using their numbers to call the victims. For example, nowadays we have, we have received many calls that call from uh, many automated robot calls that are using certain telco's number to call us. And these calls establish certain behavior and certain patterns. And these kind of patterns can be observed by the telco. And what I'm observing here right now is that the telco do not really have an effective measures to stop all these automated robot calls, and which can be done by the telco, but they're not doing it. So I'm just hoping that the telco really pay attention to these uh, automated robot calls and because they have a pattern. You know, when the, the, the numbers keep calling a certain a different number at a different time intervals, all this can be witnessed by the telco. But the thing, the thing is the telco are not uh, stopping them effectively. Um, another thing about the telco is so also uh, they aren't validating the identity of SIM card owners effectively. Many scam operators today are getting those uh, SIM cards by, you know, by using fake identities to register and get the SIM cards and use those SIM cards to, to operate their scams. So I think this is what is lacking from the telco perspective. Um, if the telco, if the telco is to implement uh, a multi-layer approach or multi, multi, uh, faster approach, then I think these are the two areas that, um, I'm hoping that they will pay attention to. Um, if, the telco can establish countermeasures to look at these two areas. I think effectively we can have a much reduced uh, scam calls today. Now, if we're moving towards holding financial institutions responsible for mitigating these scams, how effective are their safety mechanisms at currently? And if, if not, uh, how should it be strengthened? I think overall for banks in Malaysia, um, most technologies the banks are using are quite matured, I would say, because banks also, um, you know, getting everyone on one-time password, uh, banks also uh, encouraging using, encouraging the user using complex password. Uh, but 
there are certain things only bank can do. Like for instance, bank also regularly creating awareness campaign to notify the uh, the users about scams, about you know not uh, clicking on certain links and all that. So, but then again, there are also certain loopholes that banks are not able to mitigate. For example, you see the one of the very key um, elements inside in a scam is that uh, the scammers are using mail accounts. Mail accounts means the accounts that belongs to somebody that are being used by the scammers to receive the the uh, illegal funds and then use the fund and then transfer the fund to some some other accounts um, what we have observed so far is that uh, many banks will actually find it difficult to identify mu accounts uh, and also another thing is that uh, we may not have a central task force amongst the financial institutions to trace payment movement in an effective manner. Of course, I mean, if the banks wants to trace the payment, they can. But you know how fast the scammers are working uh, by transferring funds from one account to another account in just split seconds. And the, the thing is that what, what we are seeing is that um, we may not have a central task force amongst all the banks to trace the payment in a very efficient manner. Uh, so these two elements, I mean, mu accounts and uh, tracing of payments, if we can address these two, I think we can lower down the scam cases effectively. So tech is constantly seeing these huge shifts in development. So is it safe to say that this means that the perpetrators of scams are also developing new methods to trap victims? Obviously, now we are seeing uh, scammers are using AI voice changing technologies to imitate someone the uh, victim uh, who are familiar with, and then we are also seeing uh, scammers, you know, using various social media platforms uh, to advertise, to get in touch, to reach out to the mass public. So, uh, scams, scam is an ever growing issue. You know, there is no way we can stop scams. I mean, this is a fact, unfortunately. So, the only way we can fight scam is to work on our awareness. Uh, then again, we are humans, right? So awareness has to be continuous. Awareness has to be uh, in the form of um, repeat, repetitive uh, process. Um, and we just have to, you know, we just have to make sure that everyone understands the fact that nowadays anyone and everyone can be a victim, scam victim. So we need to be vigilant. Um, we should have a paradigm shift. We should think in a way that, uh, you know, any at any point in time, we can be a victim of a scam. So we need to stay vigilant at all time. And in order for us to stay vigilant, we need to be receptive for all of this awareness. We need to learn about uh, the latest news about scams so that we can prepare ourselves and even help our friends and families to be uh, more careful and vigilant. So this is a continuous process. I think uh, everyone should really have the buy-in that um, there's no way um, scam can be completely abolished. You know, um, we just have to stay continuously vigilant. CF, thanks for speaking with us today. That was CF Fong, uh, CEO and cybersecurity consultant from LGMS, weighing in on the question of whether telcos and banks should be required to compensate scam victims. And that's what we're asking you as well. Uh, send your thoughts in. You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp us. You can tweet us. We do have this from Life, who says, I think the proposal would create a real moral hazard. If I could describe it as that, people would be less careful or even reckless with their online dealings and actions. Cannot lah. 
which I find interesting, right? Because I see what you're getting at life, but I also think that sometimes a lot of this, as CF said, um, can be beyond the average person to be able to contend with when they're being scammed because it's a very emotional game that the scammers are playing. I think, though, that it isn't beyond the pale to say um, if we can prove that it was the telco or the bank that dropped the ball in terms of security, that it's perhaps fair to, to lay some of the responsibility on them. Yeah, but I think, if, first of all, I think you actually used it, that concept moral hazard correctly in this instance, because I did a quick Google of uh, what it means. But it, the idea is that, you know, any action that in in some sense will incentivize financial recklessness, right, or risk-taking uh, at, a, at a level that, in fact, becomes unhealthy. So, yes, uh, there is, uh, I mean, a potential f- uh, that this is this proposal constitutes a moral hazard in that um, does it make the public uh, less vigilant? Mm. Is it going to just uh, you know, lull them into complacency because they say, well, actually, um, you know, the back of their minds would be thinking, well, the government will, or will force telcos and financial institutions to pay me back uh, in the event that I am scammed. Keep your thoughts coming. We will be back after this. So keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.